you are Locked On Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hail you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. And be sure to check out our title sponsor, rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably, low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. And today on the program, well, Dave Matter had a piece in the Post-Dispatch just today about how Michael Porter Jr. is living up to the hype. Well, I'm actually going to make the case that he's exceeding the hype. But first I want to talk about, well, frankly, the opening up of the sports world once again. Yes, in case you missed the news, just yesterday, Missouri announced that there indeed will be full capacity for this weekend's games and the NCAA softball regional at Mizzou Stadium. So this is obviously great timing for the softball program and just for that sport in general, having to suffer through everything we've suffered through these past few months, and in fact more than a year at this point, if you can believe that. Well, we're starting to finally get back to normal because, well, quickly after Missouri, I believe they followed the NCAA's lead here, basically saying, hey, all you local municipalities, all that stuff, all you local teams can just go with your own gut, go with your own decision-making, make your own decisions. Everybody who wants to get the vaccine at this point either has gotten it, can get it, so let's get back to our normal lives, right? Well, that seems to be what's happening. Missouri quickly announced the Taylor Stadium, of course, the baseball stadium for the Tigers, starting the series tonight against Auburn. Well, that will be back to 100%. Jim Sterk says that Faroe Field is going to be 100% this fall as well. At least that's certainly the expectation of this moment. And even Kauffman Stadium, the Kansas City Royals announced that they are going to return to full capacity on May 31st with no mask mandate in place either. Well, let me just tell you, as a guy who used to go to multiple Major League Baseball games every season for the last few years, whether it was the Royals or the Cardinals, I haven't been to a ball game in three years because, well, my daughter was born in 2019 during the summer. Obviously, a lot happening there. Then 2020 happened, of course. No need for an explanation there. But, man, I am just itching to go sit out in the sun and watch some baseball. I might have to head down to Taylor Stadium tonight, to be honest with you. In fact, I am itching for that beautiful game. I really am. And just, again, what I'm really itching for is the return to normalcy. And few things would feel more normal to me than sitting amongst a crowd of people with a beer in my hand. We're all having fun. Nobody's really worried about killing somebody or whatever we've all been worried about for the last year. I don't mean to make light of the virus. Anybody's had any trouble with that horrible disease, obviously. But, you know, just this has been a very strange period, and I think we can all agree it's great to just finally be getting back to some sense of normalcy. And really, I think full-capacity sports, no masking at sporting events, I think that's really almost the last step at getting back to our our old normal, because to heck with the new normal. 
Now, of course, even with the hopeful return to normal in the 2021 football campaign at the end of this here spring season, well, there is still the reality to deal with of the 2020 season. And, of course, the end of 20, the 2019-2020 basketball season as well, missing the NCAA tournament. There's just a massive amount of revenue that is never going to be made back. So, in light of that, the SEC has announced that it's going to distribute about $23 million to each member school to cover losses resulting from the pandemic. So, the league office dipping in to its slush fund to help out teams like Missouri, who recently Jim Sterk said he anticipated the Mizzou budget deficit to be in the neighborhood of around $30 million. So obviously that $23 million from the SEC will go a heck of a long way to close that, that budget deficit. Especially when you consider that spending around this program is not exactly slowing down anytime soon. In fact, on Wednesday, the Board of Curators officially approved the final plans for the $33 million indoor practice facility, which is expected to be completed in December of 2022. And while obviously December of 2022 will be two full football seasons from now, well, there is something that's likely to take effect, or at least it seems like it to me from the outside looking in, a big a big thing possibly coming in the name, image, and likeness debate could be coming just before this 2021 football campaign. I have some words about that and, of course, about how Michael Porter Jr. has exceeded the hype already in his NBA career. But first, like I was telling you at the top of the show, rockauto.com is the absolute best place to get all the parts you could possibly imagine for your vehicle. And here's why. It's really quite simple. They have the best prices out there. Are you convinced? Well, that's about as good a reason as you probably need. But even better, you don't have to wander around some auto parts store pretending like you know what you're talking about, having to talk to the guy up the front counter, yada, yada, yada. He's probably going to give you the side eye when you say the wrong name of the part or whatever it might be. Well, hey, Aren't we all tired of that? Do we all have to be experts at absolutely everything? No, just figure out what you need. Search on rockauto.com's really easy-to-navigate website and find exactly what you need for your car or truck. So go to rockauto.com right now, right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rock Auto. Now, I will admit, when it comes to the news, I tend to follow federal politics, in other words, what happens in Washington, D.C., and and also worldwide to some extent, more so than I do state politics. And whether that's a good idea or not is up for debate. But I will just, I'm just telling you that to give you a little bit of context here because I'm confused about something. About six, seven days ago, the Missouri legislature, the House and the Senate, approved a bill that was basically going to allow the NIL thing, the name, image, and likeness compensation beginning August 28th of this year. So just before football starts, the Missouri lawmakers are saying, hey, let's open this back up. 
let's not make NCAA athletes the actual property of the NCAA, essentially. Let's let them use their name, their image, and their likeness to, for instance, I don't know, have an autograph signing, make a few bucks, whatever it might be. Maybe do a local advertisement or something like that. Now, clearly, this this is not going to apply the whole, hey, I'm going to do a local advertisement thing. This, is, this isn't going to apply to that many athletes. It's going to be the elite of the elite who are going to have those types of opportunities. But again, back to the part that makes me confused. Why has the governor not signed this yet? I, I'm really, I'm, I don't understand because, again, it seems to me that this has bipartisan support, not just in the Missouri legislature, but it seems like there's a majority of people, whether you vote for the Republican side, the Democrat side, libertarianism, whatever it might be, it seems like most people tend to agree that, yeah, let the kids, they're not saying, we're not saying, hey, let's get rid of scholarships and just open it up to a pre-free-for-all, laissez-faire, you know, pay for the highest bidder of every athlete. No, we're just saying on their off time, something that has nothing to do with their actual compensation via the university, no, just let them Again, sell an autograph or something. What is what exactly is wrong with that? I don't see any problem. I don't see how that ruins college football or basketball, the model, anything like that. I really don't. So if that's the case, again, why has the governor not signed this yet? Does it usually take a week for the governor to sign something that's pretty overwhelmingly popular? Or is this bill not as popular as I'm imagining? Are my assumptions wrong? I'm really confused is basically what I'm telling you here. Normally, I have a hot take. This time, my take is I'm confused. By the way, did any of you happen to watch the play-in, quote-unquote, basketball game last night between the Lakers and the Golden State Warriors? Well, I'm guessing there's a decent chance you probably did, even if you haven't necessarily watched a lot of other NBA regular season action this year. And I think the reason for that is pretty obvious, right? Just more stakes, way, way, way higher stakes. As I like to say, the quality of emotion was much higher last night than it's been throughout the entire regular season because it's not as though this is the first time that LeBron and Steph Curry have played against each other this year, but with this kind of stakes on the line with a playoff spot, on the line, of course, the loser not dead yet. The Warriors are going to move on to play the Grizzlies, I believe, tomorrow night to get that final eighth spot in the West. But it really just stood out how fun that game was with just not knowing. It's like, okay, it's game two. There could possibly be three, four more games left. That's what we all love about the NCAA tournament, right? And I know the NBA is never... I shouldn't say never, but not any time soon is going to go away from seven-game series. And as a as a purist, as a traditionalist of the NBA, I don't really think that they should. But frankly, there's been a lot of talk about, hey, the play-in game, was it good? LeBron James famously said somebody should get fired, whoever came up with it. Well, I think after last night, the guy, LeBron James, who since I've noticed – The Last Dance, the Michael Jordan documentary, LeBron really doing everything he can to shape his own narrative. Well, frankly, LeBron, this was nothing but good for your legacy, hitting obviously that 30-foot shot to win the game for all intents and purposes last night. So he gets to add another feather to his rather large cap. 
And by the way, former Tiger Jarrett Sutton, who now works for the New Orleans Pelicans, we had a good tweet last night, I thought. He said, Stephen Curry is an elite back cutter and slot cutter without the ball. He's in elite shape to move like he does. But it's also guys looking to find him with the urgency when he slips. And here's the thing. He's so right. He could not be more right about the elite shape that Stephen Curry is in. Because it's easy for all of us as basketball fans to say, hey, move without the ball and all that kind of stuff. Well, when you play as many minutes at a high level as Stephen Curry does, the amount of cutting and moving he does without the ball requires just a tremendous amount of energy. So if you want to be as good as Steph Curry is, it's not just about taking 30-foot three-pointers all day and just working on that aspect of your game. Because quite frankly, if, if I have an, some advice for any young basketball players out there who are listening or, or parents out there who maybe have some young hoopers, well, number one, it's learn all the skills. Because... You always need, there. even if you're a point guard, there's going to be a time where you need to out-physical somebody, maybe with your back to the basket. And on the other hand, even if you're a center, there's going to be a times when maybe a matchup, there's going to be a guy who's bigger than you. And you can actually take him off the dribble because you're quicker than him if you have those skills. But if you can't dribble, well, now you can't take advantage of your sort of natural athletic advantage. But on top of that, it's not just about the skills, it's about the hard stuff, and that's getting in shape. But here's the good news. From my experience, the best way to get in shape for basketball is to actually play basketball because it's just so – it's almost impossible to simulate what you're doing on a basketball court without doing it. So if you hate the treadmill, if you hate running laps, if you hate swimming laps, well, here's the good news. Just play a ton of basketball – and you'll be in shape. And of course, I promise after this break, I'm going to pay off my Michael Porter Jr. segment about how he's actually exceeding the hype. He's not just living up to it. But first, betonline.ag. You know they're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. And what better time to get in on the action, quite frankly, with the NBA playoffs just around the corner, play-in games happening. We've got the NHL playoffs happening. One of the most fun. I'm not even a huge hockey fan, but even I get sucked into NHL playoffs. It's just that great of an event. And what makes it even better? Well, putting a little bit of action on the action. So when you do, be sure to head to betonline.ag, sign up today, and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code locked on. Again, that's promo code locked on for a 50% welcome bonus on top of your first deposit at Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Well, again, Dave Matter with the St. Louis Post Dispatch, formerly with the Columbia Tribune. For many years, of course, Dave's been on the beat for for decades now. Well, he had a piece just just today, I believe, about Michael Porter Jr. finally living up to the hype, essentially. And with all due respect to Dave, because I'm not trying to argue with him whatsoever. I, I have no problem with his premise. I just personally would have taken it even further than that, because to me, 
Michael Porter Jr. is absolutely exceeding the hype right now. Now, that may be hard for maybe some Missouri fans to calculate in their brains because they only got to see, what, two, two and a half games of Michael Porter and his Missouri career. And frankly, even though he was drafted in 2018, it took him a long time to get on the court consistently at the NBA level. But the mistake that often we make as basketball fans, and I've certainly been guilty of this during my fandom as well, is that we take these guys who are high school, college players, who are the presumptive number one, number two overall type draft picks, and we, we just assume their upside. We assume that they're going to hit their ceiling. Well, the reality is, especially when you're, you're analyzing 17, 18-year-old kids, there's still a pretty wide range of outcomes. Even for a guy like Michael Porter Jr., who has otherworldly talent at six foot ten, a guy who can jump out of the gym, coordinated, all that good stuff. Anything you could possibly want athletically, Michael Porter Jr.'s pretty much got it. Because quite honestly, even if you hold Michael Porter Jr. to a somewhat unfair standard, which I'm about to do, he still ends up exceeding what you would expect from him. And I say unfair because earlier I was saying, well, hey, number one, number two overall picks, look at the history of those guys in NBA history. Yeah, you get some superstars. You've got your Shaqs. you got your LeBrons. you got your Anthony Davises, your Tim Duncans. But for the most part, there's a lot of guys that you've forgotten about too. Believe me, guys like Michael Oluwakandi and Anthony Bennett. So in a way, it's almost unfair to compare Michael Porter Jr. to those type of players because he wasn't a number one or number two pick like he was presumed to be in his amateur career, at least for most of it. No, Michael, as we all know, was the 14th overall pick of the 2008 draft. So comparing him historically to other 14th overall picks in draft history, well, he's already one of the greatest of all time. So let's let's actually make it Let's put a higher bar up there. Let's compare him to the number one and number two overall picks, say, not just of his class, but of the last few seasons. Now, just this past season of the 2020 draft, well, we Missouri fans got a good look at Anthony Edwards from Georgia, who was this past the most recent number one overall pick in the NBA draft. And while I like Edwards as a player, I think most of you probably saw his viral dunk that was incredible this past year, I for one would rather have Michael Porter Jr. for the rest of his career than Anthony Edwards. I'm not saying that reasonable people can't disagree with me, but for me, give me the six foot ten guy with guard skills who's averaging nearly 20 points a game, shooting over 50% and over 40% from the three-point line. That is a rare, rare human being. And then the second pick this past draft was James Wiseman from Memphis, a big guy with a lot of skills who I like, but frankly, he's got just as many injury questions as Porter in some ways. So to me, give me the proven commodity once again. Now, go back to the previous year. I certainly would take Zion Williamson over Michael Porter. To me, Zion is just one of those guys, like I mentioned, along with Shaq, LeBron, he re- he's almost that darn special. So give me Zion. Then the number two pick, Ja Morant, also a player I really like. I'm telling you, that's a good argument. 
Would you rather have Ja, who was the rookie of the year last season, or would you rather have Michael Porter Jr.? I think that's a pretty good debate. For me, I think I'm going to default to the six foot ten guy once again. So give me Michael. Previous draft, of course, this was Michael Porter's draft. DeAndre Ayton with the upstart. Phoenix Suns was the number one overall pick. And Ayton's a solid player, but Lord knows he should not have gone number one overall in retrospect. It certainly should have been Luka Doncic, who actually went third overall and was actually traded by the Atlanta Hawks, believe it or not. That is so hard to believe in retrospect. Even more hard to believe that Marvin Bagley the third went second overall to the Sacramento Kings, again ahead of Luka Doncic. And then you look at the guys picked ahead of Michael in that draft. Really, only Colin Sexton and Trey Young are anywhere close to Porter's level. And while Sexton's put up big numbers for the Cavs this year, there's no chance I would take him over Michael Porter. And Trey Young, Michael Porter's good friend, well, again, I think that's a pretty darn good argument. Trey Young is certainly a good player, puts up big numbers, but I just think what Michael Porter is, again, at his size with his skill combination, I don't know, man. Zion Williamson, he really may be the only guy of the past three years that I would definitely take over Michael Porter Jr. So just to give you an idea of where he is in the NBA pecking order, that sounds like a guy who has exceeded the hype. Not just met it, but exceeded it to me. Oh, yes, and of course, I'd take Luka Doncic, too. I thought I made that clear, but I forgot about Luka. I forgot about him because he went third and not in the top one or two, which was my original premise. But then at the end there, I I opened it up to the whole draft. Well, I would certainly take Doncic and Zion over Michael, but other than that, again, I don't think there's an obvious player that you'd take over Michael Porter Jr. And today on the Locked On Today podcast, Steph Curry wasn't enough for the Warriors against the Lakers, so get more of the sports news you need in less time with Locked On Today. So follow Locked On Today on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. So until next time, I am John Miller, and this has been Locked on Mizzou.